What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Meet the Critters. It is episode 19, and we have we got a group for you tonight. It's going to be interesting. Um, tonight, we are just going to talk about farm fails, all those moments where you're in the middle of something, and you just go, why the hell do I even do this? So we've all had them. So we're going to go ahead and bring everybody up. We have Carlisle returning, this time remote. Um, we got Brian from the Lots Project, and... Joe Blakesley from Blakesley Acres on YouTube. What's going on, boys? Not a whole lot. Yeah. Just got inside. I had, to, I had to come here to hang out with you. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you guys are all so supportive. Yeah. Actually, Joe, I do appreciate you coming on. <laughs> process. How many birds did you say today? Uh, it was like 120 or 130 chickens and uh, six turkeys. Yeah. It's always yep. fun. And then I'm trying to get Carlisle into the podcast mix. So I figured we'd have him on and have a fun intro <laughs> to this, doing the online stuff. And I've been there for at least one of Carlisle's farm fails. That was pretty fun and ended up in a mountain hike. But <laughs> Exercise. Uh, but no, like I said, I figured this would be a fun kind of conversation because as soon as one of us has a story about it, I guarantee you, at least one or two of us has that same thing that has happened of just like, God, this sucks. And what I've noticed this podcast has turned into is like a farming or butchering therapy session where it's me and the guests usually just come on and just go, that really does suck. Like what the hell? So figure let's just have fun with it. We're not going to start paying you for therapy. So don't get no, any I ideas. Hell no. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to like, diversify on what I'm doing. So, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, just thinking about it, like, so Carlisle, when did you finish putting in all the woven wire on like your section? Uh, I don't know. I think I finally got all the way around the property probably last spring. I think we decided, but yeah, I know the time that you were just talking about like, uh, you know, the baby piglets, just they really respect the fence until they really don't. You know, at the time we had 40 piglets, 50 piglets running around. And uh, they were in two separate little groups. You know, you have one little group over here and one little group over here. And the piglets kind of just went underneath the electric fence, no problem. And we didn't have the woven wire to back it all the way around at the time. So the piglets kind of go into the driveway and they would just shoo back in. And as they got older and older, they just get more and more adventurous, of course. And. They finally got pushed all the way around the last little side of the fence that there was no more woven wire. And yeah, they they bumped out into the woods. And here in New Hampshire, we got pretty thick woods, as you know. Yeah, but also you live on a mountain. Yeah. Like, so when we they had run to go, downhill, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, we had to climb like I like we basically hiked your 14 acres that day looking for the piglets. Well, of course, we tried not to bump them because pigs, like, I mean, they weren't hungry and they weren't coming to us. So it wasn't like feeding them and they come right to you. Like everything they did just bumped them further away. So you had to get out in front of them to push them back to where you wanted to go. So, yeah, I mean, we kind of on the other side of the fence went all the way down, which, I mean, I'm not saying my property's huge, but it was big enough that when you're trying to hustle around it, you're like, what the hell, <laughs> you know? And uh, yeah, you come back up and then, of course, like we completely missed the piglets. Like somehow we walked past them and I don't even came back yeah. around. Then there this they were. Whole, 
this whole situation contributes to my fencing anxiety of why yeah. I like Fort Knox my fences. I never want to relive that again. Like, <laughs> and up until that moment, we had never had a bird again. Huh? You put your fence in upside down. I did. I did do that. Fort Knox that Piglets yeah. and still did escape. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm already like replanning how to build that. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm so no. obsessive and I'm, I'm so like, I got to make sure they don't get out. Like you have videos all yeah. over the place of your pigs running everywhere on the street <laughs> everywhere. and shit. Like, everywhere. oh yeah, pretty obsessive. Everywhere. Yeah, you, you guys yeah. have way better fences than I have. Your, your, your videos, again, they give me anxiety. Like I watch them <laughs> and I'm just like, there's nothing. There's nothing to keep the, that thing the out. Beef cows like, just started getting out of that poly wire because they're on oh. the solar charger and that red and white steer, for some reason, if I don't move them, Within two days, he'll try clearing the fence and he takes it down. And uh, he's going to be one that I look forward to running through the butcher shop when it's done. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have my cows on four strands of like 14 gauge electric. But I'm like, all right. But now I'm already planning on putting woven wire, like tearing all of that out and doing woven wire and just extending the pig pasture. Just because I'm like, I don't want to have to worry about it at all. Most they, of my pig pastures is the two strands of I know <laughs> wire. That's it. What uh, what what uh, mile charger are you running? Down what they're on now. It's just a small solar charger, but mine is uh, oh what is that? A fifty mile or something like that. It's a five jewel cyclops. That yeah. one the cows don't go through. No, I, uh, unless the I had a done. bear. I had a bear issue with black bears getting in my in my chicken coop and so the door was uh oh the door was like 12 feet wide and so i took and ran wire back and forth and it must have been like i think it was four hots and two two neutrals and i uh i put a 50 mile charger on it plugged it in and i had the the camera on the fence and the bear came but the camera didn't trigger and I just I wanted to get that dark picture of that thing zapping that son of a bitch in the nose, but oh yeah, couldn't make it happen. Never got the video. It was no, the camera was too slow. Yeah, no, mine was freaking. What's mine? Like 120 miles. Like I went big. I was like, I don't care. Let's just pump all of it in there. And I was a out good today. size one. I just don't. I can't remember. I didn't get the biggest one that Cyclops makes because I didn't yeah. need it. But I think. Next couple of years, I want to, when I start putting a couple extra strands around for the goats and sheep, I'm going to up that to the 12 jewel. Mm. And I know that one hurts. My boss has that one. And I was standing, it was his whole fence system was grounded out and I was chasing shorts and stuff. And I kept hearing something tick and I walked out there and the guy that works with us, I told him, I said, when I find it, I'll have you unplug the charger. As soon as I said that, I feel a shot come from my feet all the way up through me and it I was like, whoa. He goes, what? I said, fucking fences under my feet. And as soon as I said that, I got hit again. And I said, you need to unplug that thing because it was going through my rubber boots and everything. And it, that fence system, it was ground out on uh, the neighbor's barbed wire fence. The cows had some wrapped around there. And that's miles of barbed wire, five-strand barbed wire. And the neighbor was getting shocked at his uh, uh, sugar shack. He had to call, call my boss say, hey, can you unplug your fence charger? I'm getting... Getting shocked up here. That's how much power that thing has. Jesus. So that's that's the next fence charger I get. Yeah. Yeah. I was when I was buttoning up the um, new pasture out back, 
I had bought like the newer fence tester that like is digital and everything and reads it all. And I got all the way out there and I was like, well, this isn't working. And I still haven't figured out why it's not working, but it would work like at um, this goddamn dog. It would work at the charger. And then as soon as I would get out there, it was like nothing. And I was tired of walking back and I wasn't going to go grab the shitty one because it was noon and I wouldn't be able to see the little light bulbs in it. Like we all have that starter one. And uh, I was like, well, I'm not walking all the way back. And I just like very slowly, like brought my finger to it and just have the shit out of me. I'm like, oh, it's hot. So that works. <laughs> Don't shake your head at me. It's easier. <laughs> I'll rather get zapped than walk back to the barn. True story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like going into That's the barn and straddling over the hot wire with it rubbing on your sack with uh, rubber boots <laughs> on, and you're like, all of a sudden, you're like, have that oh shit moment, like, oh my god, I'm I'm like, my sack is resting on that wire, and then, like <laughs> you look down, and you have rubber boots on, and you're like, oh my god, thank thank God, right? They don't always save you though. They sure don't. <laughs> well, on, on the smaller chargers, like out on yeah. the on the portable um, portable right. Premier One fence and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, if you had no shoes on, you get pretty good smack right in the nuts when you got shorts on. But if you have uh, rubber boots, you're usually pretty good. Yeah, I'm running like cowboy boots, so it just goes right through those. I just get hit. You probably wear cowboy boots with shorts, don't you? I have. <laughs> I'm not going to say I haven't. I'm not going to lie to you, boys. His shorts are so short that his pockets hang out the bottom. That's what he usually <laughs> that was. That used to be my, like, I don't know why. And I'm slightly ashamed of it. Slightly. It's pretty funny. Um, My, like, because I used to be a partier and a drinker. And that was, like, you know, your friend or you have that repetitive thing that happens every time you're drunk. That you wake up and you're like, what the fuck? Why? Mine was Daisy Dukes. At some point, I would just get hammered. And I'd wake up, like, I would just cut my pants into Daisy Dukes. I did it probably six, seven times. <laughs> like, to the point that at my buddy's bachelor party, and this is being married, my wife was pregnant. I showed up to his bachelor party, which was a whitewater rafting trip up in, like, the Canadian border. And I walked out of the truck in Daisy Dukes and whitewater rafted in him. And I was like, I am so glad like this is behind me in life because this is ridiculous. It was hysterical, but apple doesn't fall far from the tree, huh? <laughs> I mean, you're talking about being married with kids and all that shit. <laughs> oh shit! But yes, I will be fixing that fence that's completely upside down. I still get pissed off every time I look at it. Fuck it, leave it alone, dude. It's fine. It's already there. Now, yeah. now they're big enough that they hit the electric line, so they don't test it anymore. Yeah, they should be. They should be challenging the fence anyway. I thought the red wire was some sort of special wire that's supposed to go at the bottom. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm retarded. I know. I'm aware. But yeah. Oh man. I was so proud of myself for like a day until this was the. That pig, pat, uh, pig pen was the first, like, project I really did, like, by myself planning. Like, my buddy had helped me with the winter paddock that we built. He had helped me run the woven wire, and it was the sheep wire, so I really didn't have to worry about much anyway. And this was the first project that I had, like, planned, executed, and, like, did it all. And I was so pumped to myself for, like, a day. 
And then he came over the next day. And I was like, looks pretty nice, right? Look at this shit. And he's like, yeah, it looks good. Except that whole line and that whole line of fencing is completely upside down. And your piglet's going to be all over your property. And my just, my heart just sunk. I was like, God damn it. It's been TikTok gold, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know if I've done something like that. I put I put a whole garden in the wrong spot <laughs> just because I thought it would look cool. <laughs> yeah, like no no shit. Like I had I had this huge spot. Like where my comfrey ended up being actually um, was huge and flat, and it had. Uh, it was yeah it was like the perfect spot for a huge garden and i decided to put mine into like a fucking 20 percent grade and terrace four by eight uh raised beds into the hill going up the hill and have paths in between and um yeah that was the most idiotic fucking thing i've ever done in my life <laughs> and to make it even better it was a north facing slope so i mean <laughs> I couldn't have fucking picked a worse spot and to make it even worse when I was putting them in, I got to like, I put a shitload in, like I had 14, eight, four by eight raised beds and then a bunch of other, like just in ground beds. And I was digging out this in ground bed. that was going to be all these squash plants. And, um, it like, I'm digging, I'm digging out the sod and all this shit and I'm pulling fucking slabs of concrete out of the out of the soil. Mm. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I got like a big uh, breaker bar and I'm like pulling these huge wads of concrete out. And the neighbor comes over who had was born in that house that like grew up there and his dad <laughs> his dad like uh, built the house and all this shit. He's like, "Oh yeah, there used to be a fucking uh, machine shop here." burned down in the 60s that's the foundation oh he found the foundation i'm like yeah what the fuck dude you didn't like <laughs> what the fuck and so i mean that wasn't the only time i was putting my fence in i put a fence in by hand uh fucking hand augered 119 fucking post holes uh with a with a hand handheld fucking dirt auger no wait, wait how'd that go again what's that how'd that go again yeah, I was just making sure. And uh, so rocks, like you wouldn't believe, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe the fucking rock pile I had just for putting this fence in. Strung all the fence by myself, all this shit, and uh, I was getting down. I was on the last section of the fence between the barn and the garage. It's only like sixty feet long, so I'm drilling these holes with this auger, and I would get. So you ever use like an earthquake earth auger? Oh, like, I've got a I've got a story about one of those after this. <laughs> yeah, so I'm using that thing, and you know how you put it in, and it'll like it'll spin, and then it'll catch the sod, and it'll rip the sod up, and real easy, and then it'll kind of hit the dirt, and slows down just a little bit. Well, I'd I'd get through that sod, I'd rip the sod up, and then all of a sudden it'd go thump. I'm like, what mm -hmm. the fuck? So I pull it up, and I get my fucking spade, and I'm taking the fucking rocks out of the hole, but, and I take rocks out. The next time I put that fucking auger in was like 14 or 19 inches in the fucking ground. Yep. And then it went whoop, whoop, and then it hit again. And I took another 10 inches of fucking rocks out. 
<laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? So I do it like get that one done, get down to 36 inches, 30, 40 inches. I think I was going on those ones. 40 inches, 40 inches, 40 inches. I get I get to the next next hole and it fucking does it again. And then again, same thing. And he comes over and he's like, why the hell you put a fence right on the old line where the Wellhouse Foundation is? <laughs> I fucking randomly ran that fucking fence straight down the foundation. <laughs> Every hole I hit was on the stack slab rock 19 fucking 23 foundation. <laughs> Took him out by hand, man. Must have been a nice line. <laughs> We're following twice. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. I would have gave up after the first hole. I said, fuck this. I'm either fuck getting a yeah. pounder. Well, or I'm like, I'm like how many can I actually hit in a row? <laughs> <laughs> like at some point... <sighs> Once you get the you get the rocks out, you're like, okay, well, I mean, now I started we're the hole. I started the hole. I can move the fence. I'll move the next one, you know. But then you're sitting there going, motherfucker, how many, like, how many of these could I actually hit? It was yeah. four in a row, and they were eight foot on, straight in a row. Nailed it was it. the well. It was the well house, and then a foundation for the original house that was there. And then a, another barn that used to be there, it was like right down the edge of the foundation. And I was just like, yeah. You should have I called the neighbor and just had him get a spray paint can and mark everything that he remembers that was on there. <laughs> I finished that fence. Um, so we, we bought the farm and we didn't have a fence anywhere. And we had two German shepherds that grew up in the city on lead or fenced in yard. So we couldn't like just let them run or they'd have been fucking gone forever. Yeah. And uh, so we took them out all the first winter with uh, on leads. And the second winter we we're like, fuck this shit. We're not taking them out. Minnesota negative 30 in fucking winter. I got to take these goddamn German shepherds out fucking in the cold. So I was like, I'll have that fence up and I'll have it. I'll have it fenced in second. The second winter, I finished that fence with a fucking work light and an extension, 180 foot extension cord out to the house and plugged in with the big flood work lights within a fucking snowstorm. I put the last post in, pulled the fence and finished the gate and got done at like one in the morning before winter. And the next morning I woke up and there were like eight inches of snow. Oh, that's a hero story. And there was no way I would have ever been able to work on it again. I was like, I got to do this. I came home from work. I had the work light with me. I worked like seven hours after work with the work light out in the dark. I'm like, I'm not taking those motherfuckers out on leash this close to being done. <laughs> well, those are always like the worst projects because it's like the ones that are like, this is going to suck. I've been putting it off and now it either broke or something broke it or like this just needs to happen now. And I like once I started, I can't stop like those ones fucking suck because you're like you're there. You have to get it done. Does not matter how complicated or annoying the task is. You're out there till 2 a.m. like with the truck lights on. Dude, when you yeah, when you go down before work, when you go down before work and you're your rabbit chicken water feeder that has you know 46 gallons of water in it and circulating and it froze overnight and fucking broke 
and blew 50, 45 gallons of water into your chicken coop when it's negative 15 out and you're going down there at four in the morning before work. Oh. Yeah. I love farming. It was, it was a blast. <laughs> uh, we were talking about that today after we got done killing chickens. My boss and my brother were here and my brother was talking about how even when I was a little kid, everybody asked me, what do you want to do? Be a farmer. I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure I got dropped on my head a few times when I was real little because that's the only explanation for being that retarded, <laughs> wanting to be a farmer. I feel like I have that same conversation every day, though, just like this fuck or like explaining it to people, just explaining like a day in the life. And they're like, why do you do this? Like, I don't know. I, it's cool. I, I, have, guess. I have a fucking hatchery in my living room. That's like, well, I well, I guess it was my we had two living rooms. It was. Yeah. I mean, but it was open in the house. So the whole room had at one point it was two uh four by two by four like uh metal shelving like garage shelving yeah. two of those um seven foot tall hydroponic systems and then a sportsman incubator and then we did all our brooding or like our immediate brooding of our chicks in um like water troughs from tractor supply big fucking water yeah. troughs so i had at one point what do we have like four of those four of those in in our living room Plus the hydroponic system and the hatchery or in the incubator. I was oh, running that sink. That's you just got to keep the shit clean. <sighs> so I know. We, changed, we, we, top, we topped or changed the pine chips in the, in the brooders once a day until the needed twice a day. And then by the time the birds went out to bigger cages, um, it had just gotten up enough. They couldn't jump out. And then we just took them outside, cleaned them out, dumped them out, cleaned them out and brought them back in fresh pine chips. As soon as there was any manure, it was like in the morning, it all just got covered with fresh pine chips. The birds would run around and we just cover up behind them. They'd run back on top. Never, never smelled, never got really bad. Mm. Yeah. Oh, we also didn't have walls in our house. So there was that. That's like, helpful. We had, we had stripped down to the we we stripped down the the, the paneling and the plaster the 1923 house i think and i was going to redo the wiring and then we were just going to insulate there was no insulation in the house whatsoever when we bought it nothing no like horsehair no newspaper like nothing, nothing. in minnesota in minnesota in minnesota and so I was excited to at least just get insulation in the walls. I didn't need to get sheetrock up. But like insulation was an improvement. Right. And so I rewired two of the rooms. But when I re was rewiring it, the the wiring, original wiring would go down into the basement and then daisy chain to different rooms. So like the lights in the living room and the outlet in the bedroom and a light in the bedroom and an outlet in the kitchen were all on the same circuit. So in order for me to either a have power in all the rooms, I either had to redo all the rooms and, and completely re rewire it at the same time, or I had to drop down, like cut the one room out and splice it together. And then as I got each room, like work my way back. Well, you can't get it inspected when you have to do that. And if I was going to sell it, I was going to have to have it inspected. So I need had to open it back up. So I wasn't going to close it up. 
I was going to sheetrock the whole thing, then have to take all the sheetrock off, get it inspected, put sheetrock back up. And yeah, so we just left our fucking walls open until we closed. We actually, until we sold it. <laughs> Five years or something like that. We lived with just insulation in our walls. Like just in two head? rooms, though. Just two rooms. <laughs> the living room and the living room. Yeah, I feel like the only other time you see that is like meth heads. They've already stripped stripped all the copper out of the walls, and now they're just like, yeah, "There was no copper in ours." Yeah, <laughs> it was all brand new wiring, dude. It was beautiful. Like, like I, you know, when you do shit like that, and you're gonna, you, we thought we were gonna be there for a while till we had a meltdown when it was gonna get cold again. <laughs> but uh, I. I uh, I did it right. Like I did can lights. I did can lights all the way around the outside. I did them on separate circuits so that you could turn off the four corners or turn off the four interiors. There was like um, there was like all the fading in and out um, ceiling fans. Uh, all the circuits. There was overkill outlets in every room. There were outlets up high to put TVs up high. There were there was all like pre wired to do all sorts of shit. I did it right, and I went heavier on every gauge wire that I put in it, uh, but I couldn't close it up because I didn't know what I was doing. Because right. the state the state had to tell me that I knew how to fucking wire something. I've got wire gas stations that could blow up if I do it wrong. But I can't <laughs> wire my living room. <laughs> Yay, right. government. Uh, <laughs> I'm certified. I'm certified to work on electrical and gas stations that could blow up if I do it wrong. But... Gotta have them check out my house wiring. That's pretty wild. Brian, did you ever have any like large animals over the winter? You just had birds, right? Birds and rabbits. I never had larger than rabbits or turkey. I had turkeys. I was the largest thing we ever really did. Right. Yeah, because like the other the three of us like bringing like cows and pigs through winter just it sucks so bad. <laughs> Everything about winter is just. Every day, you're like, God damn it! It's just we had two we had two days below freezing last winter. Yeah, yeah, because you were in Tennessee, <laughs> or no, you were in Texas. Ah, oh, he's frozen. But no, yeah, like because I know Carlisle, you deal with the same winter I do. Like, how aggressive is the winters? Well, you you get lake effect, right, Joe? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so we're right on the. We're right on the line where we catch it off uh, Lake Erie. We're on the yeah. bottom half of that snow belt. Where I grew up, though, we were, like, in the snow belt. So we got hammered along with Buffalo and Ellicottville, where the ski slopes are, and Springville and all the south towns and stuff get hammered every year. Last couple winters haven't been horrible. But I guess this winter we're supposed to get back to the usual bullshit of shit ton of snow, so. I feel like our winters up here have been aggressive the past two years. Just like not super cold. Like we'll still have a week or two where it's like in the negatives and stuff like that. Nothing like not crazy like Minnesota numbers, but like it's still like a high of 10 for the day and it's going to get down to negative 15 at night. Um, But we've just gotten like buckets of snow, like a couple, like two or three, like, two foot storms like the past two years that's been like holy shit last year we hardly got anything down here i mean I, i'm pretty sure last year's when buffalo got hammered overnight they got a bunch of snow and then like oh mckinley's gonna be nine so it had to be 
12 years ago, Buffalo got hammered, like literally got six foot of snow overnight. And that's back when I was driving garbage truck. That was fun. Cause they sent me to Buffalo to pick up as far as I could get on all the roads and just clean up anything. They didn't care if it was our stops or not, just to help people out. Yeah. So just every single day for two weeks, I was going up there and they, they, they took them like three weeks to finally get, be able to start getting transport and stuff up there. People were up there with their snowmobiles, taking people food and helping shovel people out. And they were taking tractors and loaders and skidsters, whatever they could. Yeah. They actually, the 400 is one of the main ones that run up to Buffalo from down here. After you get up 16 and go right up into the 400. And they had to use loaders to clear off pass on the 400 to get to the city to start digging people out. So people from down here could get up there and help those people. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, we... It could be get pretty extreme here at times. Yeah. I don't think it was last year. I think it was the year before. We got like two feet, two and a half. It was crazy. Like my wife's car, you couldn't see my wife's car. Like it was so covered. Mm. And I still went to work. Like it was it was in that short of a time. Like it was we probably had we probably had an inch when I left for work in the morning. And they let me leave at 1.30 to come home because they're like, there's no point in you guys staying. It's snowing so much. And when I got home, it took me over two hours to get home because the roads were so bad. Usually it was an hour. And when I got home, I needed to pull in the shop because this was when the tractor was still getting like better attention. And it was inside the garage and like plugged in. So I didn't have to worry about anything before I had the shop. So I knew I had to start the tractor before I went inside and got like all my snow shit on. So it could warm up because it was probably in the low twenties and the pile from where the plow had like plowed in front of the shop was over the truck. And at this point I hadn't gotten out and like seen like if it was fluffy or wet, but I knew if I had stopped the truck, like I wouldn't get up the driveway and I just like winged and a prayered it and just like gunned it and just spun into it. And I got all the way up and I probably pushed three inches of snow, like with the door of the truck, opening it up. I was like, what the actual fuck are we doing here? Like <laughs> took me like probably four or five hours to plow out both driveways. And at this point I was using just the tractor. Like I didn't have a plow on the truck yet. So I did everything with the tractor, which at the same time was a godsend because I could pick it up and move it. Like. Dude, that's a big ass bucket on your tractor too. So you're moving some snow, you know? Oh yeah. It's a seven foot bucket, I think. Yeah. But yeah, because my tractor was originally sold with a backhoe. So that's the thing that sucks. It's weighted to have a backhoe. I've got a counterweight on it. But it's like it's nothing. Like I think the last the last big storm we had, I came in just pissed, like kicking and screaming. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck where we are financially. I'm buying tire chains for this tractor. I don't care. I'll sell a kidney. I'm done. Like because <laughs> mm. it's so front heavy. And as soon as you pick up a load of snow, you're gone. Like you have zero traction in the back. And it'll be better this year because I actually have like front tires with tread. They were just racing slicks. So I'd just be sitting there, tires spinning in the back, just doing this. The tire tires just doing this, going nowhere. Exactly. 
I specifically remember that storm where I came in pissed. I was cleaning up the driveway and I'm just sitting there, just spinning my tires in the middle. And I turn and my wife is holding the baby and my oldest is just standing there staring at me in the window, just like, my dad's awesome. And I just looked away. I was just like, no, this is is retarded. I've been in the same spot for 20 minutes trying to move like four feet of snow. Like... (laughs) Oh, but no, I'd love to have like, I'd, I love the tractor I have, but I would love to, to downsize to like another smaller one, like to do some stuff, just like the smaller, getting the smaller pens and everything. But my brother's got a little 18 horse Kubota and that thing, when I borrow it, <clears throat> you would be amazed at how those little 18 horse tractors are loaded on them and a the belly mower. That thing, I do so much with it. I hook that four-foot brush hog to it. I brush hog a bunch of fields with it. It can get in tight places, lock the four-wheel drive in. It's only got turf tires on it right now, so you got to watch where you're going. But if it had egg tires on there, I do tons. I can get in my stalls in my barn or pull up to them and get them cleaned out. And yeah. For being a small tractor, like that thing's so handy. Mm. Yeah. But to everyone who's listening, you can't hang a cow from those. So don't <clears> say you have a tractor when I ask you if you have a tractor, because you don't. <laughs> I've had that happen before. Huh? Oh, I had had a guy do that to me before. Oh, yeah, we got a tractor on the farm. Get out there. It's a wild bull, 100-acre farm, wide open. Got to hunt this thing down because you can't step in the pasture with the whole herd running around that 100 acres. We finally get him shot, and I was like, all right, where's the tractor? Here comes this little maybe 20 horse tractor <laughs> tooling across the field. Couldn't there were luckily I had it was there was five of us. So we there was five guys in a tractor trying to manhandle this bull in the back of a truck. We got it eventually, but I was fucking pissed by the time we left. Oh, I've left places. I've left I've left customers. Or it's like, oh yeah, that's the cow. And it's like it's gonna be like 800 pounds hang weight. It's like, whoo, it's a big cow. All right. Oh, let me go grab the tractor. I'm prepping. I'm getting everything ready. No, I'm not even going to attempt this. What are you talking about? Like, I'm going to hurt myself and probably break your tractor trying to do this. No. And it worked out. They ended up bringing it to me. And I was like, why don't you stay for a little bit and kind of see? Because they they had already been kind of like, oh, it'd be kind of cool to see. Like, they were excited when I was there at their house to watch. I'm like, why don't you just watch for a minute? And I lifted that thing all the way up. And I think my bucket has like a 13 foot reach. Like it's up there. And they looked up and this thing's head was about maybe that far off the ground. And they go, oh, I'm like, yeah, can't do that. <laughs> it's not obvious at first for those, you know? Yeah. Because what, what size is your tractor? You have a nice tractor. That's... I don't even know. It's 3560. I know the in, it's 35 horsepower, but I know it's the slightly larger frame than the subcompact frame, yeah. which is nice. But uh, I need to do some amendments to that thing too before winter hits. Like you said, put chains on it, put a ballast weight on the back would be nice. Like, because I just end up slipping all over the place. And of course, being on a freaking, you know, a slant. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Your driveway is interesting. Yeah, I try to work everything downhill, obviously, because trying to push heavy things uphill, obviously, is not the most intelligent thing to do. Was it last year that I backed the livestock trailer all the way down your driveway? Yeah, I was like, yeah. What was that that for, though? 
That sucked because I oh, that was, yeah that was to get many. Yeah. I hadn't been to your house yet to pick up. I pick I used his boar to try and breed my uh, gilts originally, and I knew his driveway was tight. And I'm like, I'm not gonna drive down in case I have to back all the way back up. So I and your driveway is what? Oh my god! Like over an eighth of a mile long. Like it's yeah. Long. So I packed this little <laughs> axle livestock trailer all the way down this driveway in the snow. And then I get down there, and it was perfectly plowed out. I could have turned around twice, like, to get in. <laughs> I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> but if you would have drove in, it wouldn't have been plowed no. out. And I, I had my kids with me, so my four-year-old is like, what are we doing? Why is this taking so long? Like, <laughs> every, everything that you, like, your dad would say to you when you're learning how to back up a trailer, my four-year-old is just screaming at me from the back. At one point, she goes, "Do you know what you're doing?" And I stopped. I broke the. I like. I stopped. I was like, "I'm not going to drive through that. I'm going to sit in it for a minute, and then we're going to get going again." Yeah, you got into the fence line fine. No problems there. As soon as right. you got down the driveway, I mean, we got in. I mean, we're other than him not walking in because he wasn't like hungry. I'd already fed him. Yeah. Other than that, other than just him being stubborn asshole, everything worked fine. And even yep. still, it, it took like ten minutes. Not even. You just wait. Wait for pigs him. are the worst things to try to load. I hate yeah. loading pigs. Yeah, that's why. That's why I built my pens the way I did. That have like the um, loading and offloading point where it's a smaller corral because mm -hmm. it's like I wouldn't be able to get pigs out of that three acre pasture. There's no way in hell I can get them out of a twelve by twelve box. <laughs> that's no, right. You, you gotta starve them. You starve them. Yeah, no, and that's Start it, too. Fucking pig. They'll follow you from here to China, man. I swear to God. But the minute that they're satisfied and not hungry, dude, or they're on your game, yeah, good luck. Yeah, no, it's it's always tough. I always tell customers that, too. I'm like, do not feed them for two days before. And then I get there, and they're not coming up to the food. And I'm like, did you feed them? They're like, yeah, we just fed them like an hour ago. I'm like, fuckers. All right, cool. Now I'm going to have to chase your pig around to try and shoot it instead of just being like, hey, how are you? Bang. Okay. <laughs> dude, anytime you work with those sons of bitches, you should you should not feed them at least a day. Dude, they're fine. They're fucking pigs. They'll they'll be fine. They're fine. The smartest thing that I see a guy wanted to borrow my boar just a couple months ago, and he shows up with like one of those tractor supply flat mesh trailers, and he's got like a six by eight dog kennel on the back wrapped in cattle panels, and I'm like, <clears throat> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but we unratchet strapped that thing, set it on the ground. I threw some feet in there. The boar walked in. We picked it up, walked him right on the trailer, and gone. Easiest yeah. pig I've ever loaded. I was like, that is actually pretty smart. Yeah. <clears throat> when yeah. he showed up, I'm like, this is going to be a nightmare. He's going to run right through that thing. We're going to have like wheelbarrow him with a bucket over his head in there or something. And he, at first, we tried getting him to walk up. As soon as he touched that mesh, he didn't want to walk up there. I was right. like, well, let's set it down on the ground, walk right in, got he had his sons with him so we each got a corner picked it up kind of just used the cage to push him up on the trailer and away they went that's how they brought him back so yeah it worked I, I was honestly surprised but the two sows i bought for my boss <clears throat> we were moving his piglets out to the pasture and then i was supposed to bring them they would not get in that trailer to for life, he fought and fought and fought, and I got there, and he's like, "I give up. We're putting him back in the stall. Get him another day." <clears throat> Me and the other guy that worked with us, 
I pulled the trailer around the back. We took some gates, made a funnel. I uh, hooked it to the, tr- the tractor so I could tilt the trailer up a little bit. Yeah. Put some feed in there. The sows came out, walked right on, closed the trailer up, and away you go. Yep. Didn't even try to get out of there. I was like, perfect. Yeah. I Hopefully started. I never have to move them again. I just started like kind of subconsciously <laughs> training my boar, like just giving him extra attention, which has been mm-hmm. working. It's been working great. He's the one pig that will come out of it. Shut up, Brian. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, like if I'm feeding, he'll follow me wherever I'm going. If I'm in the spot somewhere, he'll come up and make sure what's going on. But I've been like, I've been pocketing marshmallows. And every time he comes over, I'll just give him marshmallow. And it's like, it's the jumbo ones. And he's still a piglet. So he just runs away with this giant marshmallow in his mouth. With it. Is, that one of those, is that one of those new terms the kids are using? <laughs> pocketing marshmallow marshmallows. <laughs> I make it too easy. Um, but no, I was like, I want another boar like Senor was, and I didn't train him. And well, Carlisle brought him up here, so he did most of the training in the beginning. <laughs> he was inherently a good boy. He was, yeah, he, he was everything just, he needed to be a good boy already inside of him. Yeah, but he was such a sweet pig, and I'm like, I want to kind of nurture that, and because he's definitely this boar is definitely going to be bigger than Senor was because he's built like a Hereford, so. I want to make sure that he is, yeah, I want to make sure he is very, like, user-friendly, and I don't have to worry about him much. That's why I picked up the boar that I have. I went and looked at him, and he was nice. I wanted something that was a little bit more commercial. I, I was looking for uh, Duroc or Berkshire, and I end up, he's across the two. And I went there, and uh, the guy, I was talking to him, he's like, oh, yeah, she feeds him horse treats. She had him up, like, sitting like a dog and everything. And I was like, yeah, I'm taking him and he's been awesome. Like he doesn't, he's not pushy around feed. He doesn't disrespect, you know, he doesn't get all uppity or nothing. So. Mm. Oh, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> For the audio listeners, working that board in a pocket march fellow. I want to try that in 10. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have fun here. We have a fun time here on the show. <laughs> um. <laughs> do they do like marshmallows that's a fact though yeah well who doesn't really <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, yeah. watermelon makes them go crazy too I feel like they just... watermelon and pumpkin yeah sure yeah I was a ton of volunteer pumpkins coming up from what I fed the pigs last year tomatoes I had so Same. many tomatoes yeah I was and... looking today and We've got a bunch of those too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause my main paddock, you can split into two sections. And I had had her just in the front one towards the end of her pregnancy. So I don't have to worry about her. And all of a sudden, I'm like walking out back and I'm like, there's tomatoes everywhere. Like, I probably, there were probably a good 50 plants like in that area. It was like, Jesus. But once we castrated, we put her back there and just left it open for them to go through and they're gone. Just destroyed them. Are they all? I figured they wouldn't last long. No. Did, did you know you're not supposed to uh, give chickens green tomatoes? No. I, I found this out that after I gave uh, like 40 chickens a five-gallon bucket of green tomatoes every day for like four weeks. It was like coming out of our garden at the end of the season. Like it snowed and everything killed. 
And then the sun came out. So I was just up there. I was like, I'm not throwing this shit away. Like I just shaking the tomato plants into five gallon buckets and I'd throw a bucket in. So we feed them all these. And then like, we're doing research in the spring about like what shit was. And it says, you're not supposed to feed chickens green tomatoes. I was like, well, we must have like mystery chickens or something because they got more green tomatoes than their body weight <laughs> after all that time. And they're, none of them died. <laughs> what the hell about a green tomato could be so bad for a chicken? I don't know what it was. It must have been some of the, some chemical that was supposed to be in it. I don't know. We had we were we had hundreds of tomato plants on our farm when like and then they all got killed. Like the problem with Minnesota is only 90 day growing season, so like you're you're pushing the limits sometimes. And we cycle we cycled all the plants, so they were they kept producing, producing, producing. Then the sun or the snow would hit, kill all the plants. Well, I don't care if it gets warm again; they're already dead. So we're just like taking all the green tomatoes off just like literally shaking plants off of tomatoes. That's crazy. Like, I'm not going to throw them away. Right. <laughs> no, they go to something good. My aunt um, lives in like a condo complex, like about 20 minutes from, from where I grew up. So I was like, I'm home with the kids today. And she goes, hey, I have this apple tree in my front yard that the landscapers hate dealing with. And I'm afraid they're going to hit my car. Do you want to come pick a bunch of apples for your pigs and i was like yeah so i went i got like five five gallon barrels or five gallon buckets of apples and like that was just from walking around it i'm like i'll be back next weekend with a stepladder like Dude, there's a, there, was a really weird pheno- there was a really weird phenomenon in, in my place there was this huge apple tree in my front yard it was they weren't very good for like eating apples it was it was like original uh, apple tree from the house and the the neighbor had cut it down when his mom wanted to in the 70s like cut it straight off to the ground and the thing came up as more apple trees this thing <laughs> would get so loaded that the tree the branches would like hit the ground and when it would hit the ground it would drop apples they'd go back up and then they would grow more and it would it was like yeah shit loads of apples the deer would come up and graze in the yard after dark and shit but somehow I don't know if it was the birds or the raccoons or the squirrels, five gallon buckets full of these apples would end up down in the field in my in my food plot, like just piles. It looked like somebody had taken a five gallon bucket and like dumped it down there or something. So I don't weird. know. Who, I don't know who was doing it, but uh, man, yeah, it was awesome. And then the apple tree started to sprout up down there because of all like piles of apples. <laughs> Almost like someone just grabbed a tractor bucket and just loaded all of the waste apples and relocated them to another area. We didn't have a tractor. We never right. bought a tractor on our farm. I don't know why we're alluding to anything. You don't have a hunting license there anymore, I assume. They're not going to come after you. I didn't have a hunting license there most of the time when I was there. <laughs> all right, so there you go. <laughs> I know. I, I think... My new most plan. Most of the time. Most. Yeah, most of the Anytime time. that I actually harvested an animal, I'm sure I had a license. Sure. Positive. <laughs> You're on your property. It's fine. Um, yeah, as long as you can make it de- disappear fast enough. Right. <clears throat> I mean, I, did, I didn't ever need. hunt with a firearm, so there was that. Well, yeah, that also helps. In New Hampshire, you don't need a license <clears throat> if you're hunting on your own property. 
There was questionable things um, in Minnesota. If you were on your own property, as long as you adhered to the restrictions of the, the, the tags, you didn't need to buy one. Like right. if you had like a one buck limit and you didn't buy a buck tag, but you took one buck. But if they could prove that you took two, you were fucked. But I'm like, how are they going to know? Like, like literally, they're either going to just screw you to screw you and say, oh, well, we got proof or they can't prove it. Like, right. You, you took two bucks. Like we took pictures of you. Well, <laughs> Steve, well, well, here you still have to you still have to register it. Like you don't have to buy a license or a tag. Uh, yeah, that maybe that's you what still it is. have to go register it, and you can get a landowner tag. Like you don't have to buy anything. It's just marked down as private landowner. <laughs> oh, there was this weird thing that if you wanted a landowner tag in in Minnesota, you had to get put on a public hunting list where they could people could ask for permission to hunt your land. You could tell them no. But you got put on the list, and I was like, "That ain't even fucking worth it." No. Well, in New York, the only way you get uh, any landowner permits is uh, you have to have fifty acres minimum. Okay. You, then you can get your doe tags, but you still have to buy your license. Don't matter if you're hunting your own property or what. Right. They're not. You're not getting out of anything free in New York. That's for sure. Mm-mm. Yeah, I think this is the first year we can register our deer online. The, the non-resident licenses in New York were retarded. I, uh, I, my parents still live there, and I was going back for uh, a Bills game or something, and I was going to bring my bow and just sit for the week. So I'd be there for a week. Mm-hmm. And it was like $190 or something for uh, a, a archery tag. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus. there's a pretty good chance that I'm not even going to see a deer, first of all. I'm hunting archery, like, unless my friend puts me on a trail or something that they know is active. And then I got to shoot it with a bow and I got a $190 shot and I get a week to sit. I mean, okay. I don't have that good of friends. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a regular license. It cost me <laughs> for my regular buck, my doe tags, bow muzzleloader. And my turkey tags and small game. I think it's like eighty or ninety bucks. Yeah, that's about, that's about what I'm paying here. I, it's not horrible. I don't get my fishing license or nothing because I suck at fishing. I ain't even gonna spend money. Yeah, on it. I'll go out like I could fish. That, that's what doesn't make sense. I could fish in my own pond and not have to have a fishing license. You go anywhere else, like you leave and you don't go to like a private owned pond. You go to a lake. You have to have a fishing license, but. I yeah. suck at it. I'm, I never catch anything, so I don't even waste my time. I know I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be worth my time. I know I haven't renewed anything this year, and I need to because my daughter's like, "When are we going fishing again?" I'm like, oh, "I don't know. It's a fun bonding experience, but I suck." Like <laughs> September fifteenth, baby. Like your kid, like your, uh, like you growing up, huh? <laughs> Oh Jesus! Um, yeah, I don't even think I'm taking the bow out this year. I haven't picked it up since last year. It's been sitting on the barn floor, so I'm sure it needs to be recited. Like, I it's was the so, best time to do it. Two days before season. I, <laughs> I was so, I was so bullshit by the end of last season. It never left the barn floor. I was like, last I'm year was the first year I finally shot something with my bow, and I've been bow hunting for I don't know ten years. Yeah, I've never shot anything so i'm like just try I, I was doing it like i was putting in pretty hot and heavy last year practicing but i was like 
that's an extra tag that I can hopefully fill. Like, perfect. Like, I'll spend as much time out there as I can. And this year, I'm so unmotivated that I'm like, I'm going to get my hunting license. I'm going to sit definitely for sure the first two days where it's buck doe, like either sex, and then just work and try to get out when I can. Yeah, I had a good season last year. I got two doe with my bow. Went out opening day, took my wife with me. She says she wasn't sleeping, but she was. Almost led an eight-point walk right by. I <laughs> shot that, and then I went out Thanksgiving morning and shot two more doe back-to-back. So I was tagged mm-hmm. out. Perfect. Yeah. And then the year before that, I got my two biggest buck. That, that was, was the only nice two I shot. So, I, yeah, that was pretty nice. I got one opening rifle weekend, and then I shot one the first week of muzzleloader. Was that the little one in your picture that you put up? <laughs> the little one? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I was proud of it. <laughs> I mean, fuck yeah. It's not the size that counts. Exactly. It tasted uh, good. Yeah. She's denied. That's what, I would, just that's what I would say. Don't worry. It'll taste good. Don't worry about how big it is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've sat for the past four years. And I haven't seen. I've I have monsters right. on camera. You you wanted fails. I mean, this is kind of a homesteading fail. It was on my homestead. It was like 20, 20 yards from my barn. I uh, I've been having a, a buck go by on camera same time every day. I had had a bear tear apart my my hunting blind last the season before. And I was like, I'm not buying a fucking other one. So I ordered some cheap, like, cargo netting from, or, uh, like, camo netting from Amazon. And I had this place where I, where the, the buck was coming through was down at the bottom of this ridge. And I, like, look up at the top of the ridge, and it was, like, probably a 15-foot rise, just like it would have been a tree stand. Like, there was a perch overlooking this trail that went down on the bottom of the ridge. And so I took this cargo net and made up a little nest up there. And opening day was like the middle of September. So I'm sitting out there and every morning and it was like clockwork. He was just after these does would go through. And then he was following them every day, every day, just after sunrise. I was like, okay, cool. I grab my coffee. I walk out. It was like I said, it was like 20 yards from my barn, maybe 80 yards from the house. And I sit down in my little chair and it only had it like the, the blind was facing it was like a bee. I didn't have anything on the back of it because they were down on the bottom of the ridge. And so I hear the does coming. Two does come by. I'm like, whoop, whoop, perfect. Here they come. Season's going to be over like five minutes into the season. This is fucking perfect. And he was big. He was like a nice big wide 12. And I'm like, all right, here he comes. And I hear snap, snap. And I look over my shoulder and he's to my fucking left. He's like, five yards <laughs> on my left he came behind the fucking blind he didn't come down the trail he had gone down like 14 days in a row before that i had camera pictures of him on that trail and he's standing beside me and i turned my head and he's looking in my blind at me and i have my bow and i'm like oh fuck i'm never gonna see him again like he's either gonna bust me or i'm gonna fucking shoot him but i'm never gonna see him again and so I, I drew and I turned and it was just like one of these whoop and hail Mary right over him. And so I'm like, son of a bitch. He takes off down over this fucking hill. 
gone forever. And my neighbor shot him like four weeks later with a crossbow <laughs> during rifle season. <laughs> he sends me a picture of him on the road. Douche. I'm like, you son of a bitch, really? <laughs> he shot him probably probably 80 yards from where I missed him, but on the, on his side of the road. Oh, this could be bitch. this could be a whole nother podcast, just hunting fails. But <laughs> yeah, got plenty of those. But we are coming up on an hour. So where can everyone find you boys? Social media wise, YouTube channels, what do we got going on? We'll start with you, Carlisle. I know you, you've got your Facebook and stuff, right? Yeah, man. Just Armstrong Acres. Facebook and Instagram. Up there. We haven't gotten to the YouTubes yet. Gotta yeah. get me a... We're gonna we're gonna get you in there. We're gonna we're gonna have you join the cult. I need to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Brian, thelotsproject.com. Perfect. Is that it? All of it? All right. <laughs> you can find and you can find everything there. Everything. He's got uh, it. Newly stuff. remodeled and all sorts of stuff getting up. It's not all done yet. So, but go there and then keep checking out often and catch out my check out my podcast. I guess Monday through Friday morning, six a.m. Central. This is a good time to start following you now too, because we're all ha- like we're going to have to adjust to change. If somebody starts now, it's like, oh, yeah, this is a cool podcast. <laughs> it's going to be killer on Monday. It's going to it's going to be awesome. I'm excited. It's going to be new, new and exciting Monday morning. Yeah. <laughs> Joseph, what's going on? Yeah, you can catch us on uh, Facebook, Blakesley Acres, and uh, YouTube. That's what we got right now going. Uh, emails on there if anybody wanted to contact us some questions and stuff. Um, I was supposed to have a new butcher shop update video out today, but I didn't finish editing it yet. So maybe I might finish it tonight and get it uploaded. So walls are three quarters away stood up. Amish are coming next week to start finishing that. I got all the septic stuff ordered. I've got the well stuff ordered. So should start coming together. No, that's going to be freaking awesome. I can't wait to see that. Um, everybody should definitely go check out Joe's channel. He's got a ton of stuff with farming and butchering. It's pretty freaking sweet. So I actually got a lamb processing video. I just like a homestead version. Oh, nice. Together real quick. I did some lambs last weekend. I got to finish editing that out too. So Perfect. hopefully have that one out this week. Hell yeah. And, well, if you're already watching this, please subscribe to the channel. Um, obviously, we're here at, at Backwoods Butcher 6, or, yeah, Backwoods Butcher 603. That is um, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Um, and, yeah, you can listen to this podcast. Again, YouTube, anywhere you can basically listen to podcasts, including Fountain. So, with that being said, I appreciate you boys coming on. And hopefully we do something like this again. And... Again, I hope everyone got a chance to meet the critters on this one. It was a fun one. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. Yep.